Welcome to the Nairn County Podcast, which is brought to you in association with our digital partner Zion Energy, the leading blockchain software and digitalization experts leading the field in emerging technologies related to oil and gas tokenization. For more, go to Zion.com. We're now halfway through our episode four, and Graham McLeod's in-depth chat with county legend Davy McClay. In part three, Davy talks us through the day his Inverness Cali Thistle career came to an end and moving on to join Nairn County permanently. The historic 2005 North of Scotland Cup final one of Forest Mechanics and scoring what he regards as one of the best goals of his career. Davy kicks off this part by recalling the day he scored the first of his four senior hat-tricks, all of which came in Nairn County colours. We hope you enjoy listening. Yeah, you're moving along nicely that season during the loan spell. Probably the highlight came towards the end, before the loan was up, and that was a 3-1 home win against Fraserbury. He scored a hat-trick, all three goals for us that day. Do you remember anything about that game? See, Fraserbury were a funny one. I always fancied us at home against them for some reason. But going to Bellsley, I always felt, you know what, we could be on the end of a hiding here. I don't know what it was. They were just a different animal at home. But that particular game... I don't know what it was. Everything just seemed to fall to me. Could easily have had five or six goals, if I remember right. I remember the final goal pretty clearly because I remember it bouncing up and I've actually headed it on with my head. The only reason I remember that is because Stevie Edwards used to always say, yeah, when you're running forward and the ball's bouncing, you always seem to header it forward. And I never noticed it until he'd mentioned it. And that goal sort of summed up what he was saying. I sort of headed it forward and just... I remember Billy Gordon come charging at me and I'm thinking, and I've just sort of hit it and it's gone in the bottom corner and... I think it was more relief because I, I did feel like I had a hell of a lot of chances that day that I hadn't converted. So when that one went in, I think that would have made it 3-0 or 3-1 at the time. I think it was just more relief rather than I've scored a hat-trick here. After the loan was up in January, you leave Inverness permanently. There's been a change of manager in the meantime with Cali Thistle in between that. So do you remember the conversation when, when it's come to an end at Cali Thistle? And do you think you were in with a shout of being kept on given your form? It's a funny one because, like you say, there's a change of management. So Robbo and Parky went to, I think it was Hearts at the time. And um, in came Craig Brewster for his first appointment. And he brought a guy, um, Malky Thompson, who was at, previously at Rangers and a few other clubs. And I don't know, I just got that sense that my time was up as soon as they came in. Because I obviously felt at the time that I was not never getting anywhere with Robbo and Parky. So when that first came about, I thought, you know what? Who knows what's going to happen here? Maybe someone will come in, might take a fancy to me, might actually think of how well he can play. But it never turned out that way. And I always struggled to get any sort of real communication from Brewster about my future or what he thought of me as a player, what I should develop more. It was more, he looked at me as being playing high in league. So I think that was him like, well, he's playing high in league. He's, he's never making Premier League, is he? So even though I was doing well for Nairn and scoring goals and kind of making a name for myself in the hand league. It never really filtered back, I don't think. Or if it did, it, it didn't sort of have the effect that I was hoping it would. So I remember um, coming up to Christmas, I went in with my stepdad at the time and had a meeting with uh, Brewster and I basically put it on the line to him and said, look, I've got six months left in my contract. What's happening? Am I, am I going to be getting a new deal at the end of this year? Do you want me to come back from loan so I can kind of show you what I can do in a game? Or what do you want? And the communication back was... Very, um, 
it's non-existent really there was no real communication about what he thought or what he felt and i basically said look do you want me here or not or let's just tear up this contract or what do we do from here and i, I just got the sense that my time was up so he, he didn't say it in so many words but he, he basically said yeah okay you're probably better moving on so that was it the day after that, I went in to train and trained and then said goodbye to everyone. That was me. And then I got signed for now in the next week. Yeah, so you've come to us on a two and a half year deal. Did you have other offers at all? And do you think you could have given it a go somewhere else full time or in the Scottish Leagues at that point? It happened so quickly. And I think at the time, I wasn't enjoying full time football. You can imagine it yourself. If you're going into a football club where you're probably nowhere near the first team, you're looked upon as kind of just making up the numbers, I think so to speak. I just didn't feel part of it. So it was, it was sort of time to go. And it happened so quickly. I was already at Nairn. I was happy at Nairn. I was playing well. And speaking of Nairn, they were very like optimistic about, like, come here, any opportunities come arise. If anyone comes interested in higher leagues, like, we won't stand in your way. I was happy with that. I thought, you know what, it's time to get a job. So yeah, I was happy to sign in Nairn at that time. How did you find the adjustment to part-time football? You Previously, you're training, if I remember many times a week, four or five times a week. But now you're having to go into your work and then come through to Nairn on a Tuesday and Thursday to train. How did you find that adjustment? It was difficult, yeah. I think anyone making that adjustment finds it difficult. You can keep yourself as fit as you possibly can, but anyone that works. You know, the last thing you, you probably want to do after a full day's work, and the work I was doing, it wasn't really manual. It wasn't really physical lifting. It was lifting boxes. It wasn't hard. I was fit at the time. Everything was good. But having a day there nine, ten hours there, and then going to training was, it was difficult. It was, it was probably the last, not the last thing you want to do because you enjoy your football, but it is tough. It's, your fitness level does drop a little bit, and it, it is adjustment. I kind of felt like I had to adjust my game a little bit to that, but I always had that conversation with Parky in my mind, get yourself as fit as possible and keep that. Because I knew that was the one thing that was helping me score the goals. Well, the sort of first games after you permanently signed the second half of that season was a home win against Inveruri where we came back from a goal down. You've got yourself the winner. Do you remember that game? It's funny. I've actually got a photo of that that goal celebration um, in a frame. I think it was my mum's personal favourites, if I'm honest. It was the, I don't know what came over me. It was the start of the knee slide um, celebration. Looking back, the hair is horrendous and the shirt, honestly, I could probably, I maybe just squeeze into it now, but I probably could have fit about three or four of me into it at that time. Yeah, it was it was one of those. Inverurie were always a tough game and I always felt those Aberdeenshire teams were tough to play against. They were always physically strong and really fit size as well. I always felt they had a real edge to them. But um, yeah, that, that was a good game. I remember just knocking the ball over the keeper and then, like I say, doing that stupid knee slide that probably grazed both knees at the same time and probably angered Michael and Peter by scuffing up the pitch. But ah, good times, obviously, yeah. The following season, the 2005-2006 season, a really memorable one for, for a lot of reasons. Uh, we'll come on to that in a moment. But it's your first pre-season uh, with the club. Made some real quality additions during that summer as well. Were you confident going into that season that you could really make an impact? There was quality in the team. Like, you look through the spine of that team, even before those signings, we, for example, the core of the team that had been there for long enough and actually stayed beyond the sort of Sharpie and Fridgey sort of, I mean, call it exodus, but there was a lot of players that left. Like, you like to Willie Barron, Brooksy, Kel, Tess, Johnny Seaton, all these sort of boys, they were kind of there and then, obviously, a couple of them moved on, but... There was always quality in the team. And I always thought if, if we got, got ourselves playing the right way and playing to our strengths, I always thought or was confident that we could actually do a lot better than we currently were. 
personally, I always thought the Cups were our best chance of anything. At that, at that time, the Aberdeen chair teams were running away with the league, for example. Like, I remember I used to always hate playing Devon and Vale because they used to spank us. And it was always like a 7 or 8-1, 7-2. And I used to dread those games coming up because, again, like, what, what would I have been then? 20, 21. I was, I was still stick thin, probably get blown over in the wind. And coming up against these boys, they were just physically stronger, just probably all around good, good players. I always felt that we had a right good quality of player in the team, but I always felt we lacked something that... I don't know, maybe that little bit of dig or a little bit of fight that could get us over the line with these sort of games. But yeah, I always thought our best chance was a cup run, whether that be the Henley Cup or the North Scotland Cup. I always thought that was our by far our best chance of silverware. The highlight of the season was undoubtedly winning the North of Scotland Cup. Before we go into looking at the final, uh, the semi-final was a, a Wednesday night away up at Wick, which is probably one of the most dreaded fixtures in the calendar to a player. We win it 4-2 in extra time, but if you remember, they equalised like the last kick of the game to make it 2-2 in the 90 minutes. Did you think that was it? Do you think we were done? The momentum shifted and, and they're going to go on and win it. Whoever's idea that Wednesday night was, was my worst enemy at that stage because Wednesday night up awake after a day at work was probably the last thing I ever wanted to do. You go up there, you're playing in a hill. It's always blowing absolute hooly with this sleet or rain or whatever. But that, that particular one, I thought, nah, we're good. We're 2-1. We're good. We'll, we'll get this done. We'll get to a final. And then they scored and I thought, you know what, we're done. Uh, I thought to myself, we're absolutely done here. And looking back, who was it that scored? Was it? I think Bobo think scored Bobo. an extra time, yeah. Bobo? Yeah. I remember Bobo scored and I thought, tell you what, we're back. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so personally, I, I felt I was in the last legs. Especially up at Wake. always, the ground's always soft up there. You're playing in the hill. You run up and down the hill, and I always thought to myself, what is it with this place? But after a day's work and still probably making that adjustment from full-time football to part-time football, I just thought going in an extra time, I've, I've got nothing left in the tank. But I do remember um, Bobo scoring, and that energised us. I thought we actually came onto a game after that. And obviously, we got the fourth goal, and I scored that one. I think I actually scored on the, the hill side, if I remember right, and went and did the good old knee slide into the, into the corner flag where there was zero fans to be seen <laughs> for miles in sight. So it was more of a piss take rather than celebrating with anyone, but it was more me looking for a rest as well, I think. So a hard-fought game up there, it always was. And they could play some really good players up there. So just to get over the line was a relief more than anything else. The final came shortly after that. It's against Forrest, who had a right good team that season. Pelly Patterson was the manager. They've gone on a bit of a, a spending spree, a real recruitment drive, got some absolute quality players in. We'd already lost to them earlier in the season in the league at home, just maybe a month or so before the final. So how did you feel going into the final? It must have felt like you know a real uphill task to, to win the trophy on the day. How was the sort of mood in the camp before the game and in the training leading up to it? I think um, leading up to it, the underdog tag kind of suited us, I think. No one expected us to win. Everyone expected Forrest to basically rail, railroad us. Like you say, they bought some quality players. And obviously, Louis, Franny, Craig Campbell, Sid Mackay, all these sort of boys had just signed for them. And that game that you mentioned back where we actually got beat to Forrest, you're quite kind there because I remember missing a penalty in the last 10 minutes. That's yeah. right, yeah. If you remember right. So that was in the back of my mind as well, going into the game. And obviously there's banter going back and forth between myself and Lee McKinnon and Franny McMillan all week saying they basically told us we were getting spanked. And in fairness, 
I couldn't argue back. And it was more, please don't spank us. We've got a chance here and I'm quietly confident we can do all right if we play well. But on the other hand, if we don't play well, we could be in for a hiding here. So it was one of those where the underdog tag, I think, actually suited us. We prepared really well during the week, training-wise, I think. Yeah, the game kind of took care of itself. I, I think they were a bit taken aback by the way we came out of the blocks. I think um, I don't think they expected what they got from us. And I don't think they expected the, the fan base either from Nairn to be through there because if I'm honest as well, I, I didn't know there was that many people in there, let alone in Nairn fans that were in Grand Street Park. So now that, that was great to see. Even that pushed us on even more. The fans were unbelievable that day. And for me, it kind of reiterated what it really meant to be a Nairn fan that day because the amount of people that, yes, I'd seen them at the games and yes, I'd seen them happy after winning games, but after that cup final game, there was boys that were coming up and basically hugging you and kissing you and basically buying you drinks for fun and good times, but it kind of showed what it really meant to the, the people in Nairn, actually what their football club meant to them and it was great to see. The opening goal that day in the cup final was scored by yourself, it was from the penalty spot. You mentioned earlier in the season you'd missed one late on when we got beat 2-1. So what goes through your head, you see, I think it was Louis took down Willie Barron in the box, referee points the spot. What's going through your head when you grab the ball? Is that is that miss playing on your mind? I mean, I think, to be fair, I think Forrest had a different goal. I think Martin Ray was injured for the league game and he was back in for the cup final. But does that sort of go through your mind? I'm not sure if you'd, if you'd hit another penalty since then and, and scored to get back on track at all uh, in between the, the league game and the final. So what, what sort of thoughts are are in your head when you step up? I don't recall taking another penalty in between. So in a way, it was sort of like, yeah, don't miss this one. Come on, don't miss this one. In my head as well, it was funny. It's probably the worst thing to be thinking when you're stepping up to take a penalty when you've just missed one. I'm thinking, okay, I've missed one against the boy. I don't even the boy's name, is it McKenzie? Ali McKenzie, we think, was in goal for the McKenzie. league game, yeah. Yeah, so I'm thinking, okay, I've missed one against Ali McKenzie. Now Martin's back in. And Martin's probably a better keeper. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, you idiot, why are you thinking this? Nah, the one thing I thought to myself was go with power. Hit the target, go with power. If you go down the middle, and all good. But um, my main objective was, yeah, hit the back of the net as hard as you possibly can and make the keeper save it, basically. And luckily enough for me, Martin went the wrong way and it's gone in the corner. So I'm just delighted. And we push on from that, and just before half-time, Big Cinders bundles in the second one. So what was it like in the dressing room at half-time? Did Elias have to maybe calm things down a bit? And you Because know, I suppose if you go out in the second half, and you're probably going to expect a, a barrage from Forrest, and if they get it back to 2-1 early doors, then you're looking at hanging on. So, so how were things at yeah. half-time? And, and is it true that you had a, a hamstring injury at that point, which was, was really hampering you as well? Yeah, so before the game, I think I was actually struggling a little bit with it and was a bit touch and go whether I was playing or not. But I think that halftime period basically, you know, it's like you're playing a game, you're struggling with an injury, you stop, and then that makes it 10 times worse. And I think I'm pretty sure during the whole of halftime, I had ice in my hamstring. Um, probably because I was running so fast in the first half. <laughs> nah, um, nah, but all seriousness, I was I had um, ice in my hamstring for the, the whole halftime, but... In the changing room, it was more... We had some good, experienced boys in the changing room at that stage. No one was thinking the job was done, if I remember right. Boys didn't really need to calm down. It was more, look, we're only, we're only half done here. Let's go and finish this. And I, I thought that was great. I remember going out in the second half and thinking, come on, let's just finish this. We're two up. Let's not blow it now. And that's... I think that was the attitude of everyone. Let's go out and finish this job. But yeah, like I say, we had experienced boys around the changing room at that stage that had played at a good level. And we're experienced players, so 
yeah, like, the atmosphere was good. I, there was a small bit of confidence, I think. And that was the sort of, I wouldn't say the first time that I'd sensed it, but it was more, you know what, these boys for us, they're maybe top dogs this year and they maybe go out and win this league. And we basically put them to the sword in the first half. We, we can do this. We're good enough to do it. So there was a bit of confidence come back in that second half. And it wasn't long after half time that you got your name on the score sheet again for the second time. I think you did the easy part, the Tony Odo, oh, all the hard work. Yeah. Since that goal, I've obviously wound up Louis McKinnon a few times about his pace because um, I remember running past him. Like, obviously, we're probably two of the slowest players that have played high league football in our lives. But Tony Lowe, uh, Tony was probably one of the fastest that played high league football. So I remember him beating like two or three boys in the middle of the park and just tearing that up that day. He was bloody brilliant. Like you say, he basically put it on a plate for me and I just did a little dink over Marty Ray. And like I say, yeah, delighted. Good old knee slide came out. Another knee slide in the corner, yeah. Forrest got one back late on, but I think you know that third goal really did knock the stuffing out of them. The game's finished, the trophies lifted, and how's the, the celebrations at night? You mentioned there it was it was a big a big moment in the history of of Nairn County as a club. So how would how was it for the players and the celebrations of partying after? It was great. It was one of those where we had a we spent a lot of time in the Claff Club after that. And I remember there was loads of fans in the Claff Club, and it was a great atmosphere in the change room after. Believe it or not, the um. I think we had two or three bottles of champagne in the change room afterwards. I just remember being in the change room and trying to open this bottle of champagne. And there's two the two other bottles that had just been opened and been sprayed absolutely everywhere. So I'm struggling like hell to get this bottle open. And I remember I'm shaking this thing like crazy trying to get it open. I eventually get the bottle top open. But then I think it might be Brian McLeod or might have even been Tony Lowe. Basically sprayed his bottle of champagne squared in my eyes. So I couldn't see a thing. So I'm like trying to shake this bottle of champagne and spraying it everywhere. Lo and behold, I drop the thing. And it smashes and goes all over the floor. So we've got glass everywhere. So that <laughs> kind of dampened the mood a little bit. But now I remember after the game being in the class club for a good while. My biggest regret is probably not going back to Nairn that night, if I'm honest. There was a big contingent of us from Inverness at the time. We all went out in Inverness, if I remember right. But yeah, a night out in Nairn would have been great that night, I reckon. It certainly was, I can tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> but you can't remember it. And then the league season rolls on from that. Uh, you mentioned your first hat-trick came against Fraserburgh. We then played Fraserburgh that season at home. It's a 6-0 win this time, and you scored another hat-trick. What's your memories of that? I think there's actually a video on YouTube of you scoring a rocket into the top corner in that one. That goal, I didn't realise, was actually one of a hat-trick. And it's funny you mentioned the hat-tricks because I can't remember who it was that said to me, oh, have you ever scored a hat-trick? I think it might be on a boy out here. When I played out here, I was, um, I'd gone back in that six role, basically. So not really scoring any goals. And I was like, no way you scored a hat-trick. And I was like, yeah. In fairness to the four that I got, there was always a penalty in there as well. And they're like, nah, it doesn't count. I was like, what do you mean it doesn't count? Hat-trick's a hat-trick, surely. And I was like, nah, penalties don't count. So I remember one of them being a penalty. But like you say, that that rocket that I scored, or what you want to call a rocket, was um, probably the first goal that I remember being a goal that I thought to myself, wow, that, that's a good goal. Do you know what I mean? It's one that I was really excited about and properly celebrated without um, having a kid in the world, if you know what I mean. Sort of run about like an idiot. Yeah, I really enjoyed myself. So, uh, like I say, good memories. One of, the best thing about that video is, if you look back, and is Brooksy's reaction. I don't know if you've ever noticed. Yeah, um, there's this weird hands up in the air, set, turn, celebration. You'll need to go and watch the video back, but uh, it's funny as. So, yeah, that's probably my favourite part of the video. Not the goal, but watching Brooksy's face. You mentioned earlier as well that that season you felt like maybe the Cups were the best position to make an impact in in terms of bringing some silverware to the club. You've done that in the North of Scotland Cup. The end of the season sees the Highland League Cup played and again we make an impact there. 
we won at Rothes in the first round. Uh, we beat Bucky on penalties uh, after a 0-0 draw at Nairn. We go into the semi-final and it's at Fraserburgh. Or we lose on penalties ourselves after a, a 1-1 in extra time. That came only two months after that 6-0 game at Station Park. Did you go into that feeling feeling confident, given that you just given them a real going over at home? Like I said earlier, I always felt going away to the Aberdeenshire teams, we struggled rather than when we were at home. I always thought, felt it was more of a battle, more of a fight. But as I felt, the players we had were more suited to basically Station Park, the, the pitch we had, everything else. So in my mind, going to Fraserburgh away, windy as hell day, it was always going to be tough, tight little park. I was confident because I thought, you know what, we're doing really well in the Cups just now. I think um, we're a great Cup team. On our given day, we can beat anyone. Going into the penalties, I remember... I don't remember even my penalty, if I'm honest, but I do remember thinking um, we've gone into sort of sudden death penalties now. Who's confident now? And I remember Big Bobo not being confident for some reason. I always fancied him. I don't know why. I just thought, you take a pen, you're going to score, mate. So what's the big deal? But before that, obviously, Big Cinders had a had a chance to actually win it for us. Yeah. And I thought, well, the big, big fella's cool as ice. Tools of going, he's just going to rock up, big cinders, casual as you want, stroll up, just stroke it in the bottom corner. I was 100% sure we were through. And then when that missed, I thought, oh, we're in trouble now. But then again, confidence came back when Bobo stepped up next. But before that, I always wondered why he wasn't wanting to be in the, the first five. But because I, I had full confidence in him scoring. And even when he stepped up, I thought... He's not confident here about fancying, but then when he missed the, the rest is history, I guess. That pre-season, you go down on trial to Morecambe. It's not, I suppose it's not unusual for a player from the High League to go on trial to Scottish League teams or a team in the central belt, but, but Morecambe's a bit out of the way. How did yeah. that one come about? I talked about talking gestures earlier. It was um, my stepdad's dad at the time lived in Morecambe. He was the, the harbour master for the harbour at the time and had a lot of sponsorship and corporate involvement at Morecambe. They were a full-time club, but a really ambitious club in the conference at the time, building new new stands and stuff in their stadium and trying to really get their facilities up to scratch. I remember when I signed for Nairn, Les and, um, was always very adamant that if any of these sort of opportunities came along, he'd be happy for me to go, wouldn't stand in my way sort of thing. So when this came up, I was my, my granddad was sort of like, um, come down and travel us. Like, I, I know the director of football, I know this. So I think, Jesus Christ, here we go. So he, he lined, I, I thought he was on the wind-up to begin with, but he lined it up and he was like, oh, you got a trial in two weeks' time. And I was like, crap, okay. So I obviously told Nairn, they were happy for me to go down at the time. Um, went down and uh, was during pre-season. I didn't feel like I, I stood out, but I didn't feel like I was letting myself down, if you know what I mean. I, I felt like I could quite easily fit into that team. Um, again, the one thing that I felt that they possessed more than I had was just that real full-time fitness. And I felt if I could get that full-time fitness back, then I could quite easily get into that side. But what materialised was me having a realisation that it was just basically sponsor's grandson basically getting a, a kick around with the team rather than a trial which was a shame because obviously at that time I was quite keen to make the step back up if it was going to happen it was going to have to happen pretty quickly but in that occasion it wasn't to be and they basically told me the same old story no budget basically but it was basically thanks thanks for coming but no thanks it was a good experience and don't get me wrong the sander was good but like I said fitness level I would say was just a level above they just seemed to be athletes
The Noun County Podcast is brought to you in association with our digital partners, Zion Energy. Click on zion.com, find out more.